Alright, welcome to Better Than MJ and Kobe, period. Or question mark. I keep saying period. Yeah, I'm, Cthulhu's, <laughs> I'm Cthulhu's prodigy alongside me. It's what's up, it's Stitch. And uh, we are back. This is episode five. Yes. Uh, we promised we'd give you these more often. Yeah. And here we not, go. Not too bad. We, uh, I think it was two weeks since our last uh, yeah, two, three. thing. So uh, NFL season's starting to kick in, get going. Uh, basketball uh, started training camp. So we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, sure do. In both aspects of the sport. Yeah, let's do it, man. Um, let's start with the NFL just because of the fact that uh, it's going strong with week three. Yes, uh, a lot of stuff going on in, in the NFL. Uh, we're starting to see some of the teams uh, rise to the top, some of the ones that are kind of struggling, like Seattle and everything, uh, at least struggling offensively. Um, of course, in, there's always injuries going on, and uh, a, lot of, a lot of interesting topics to uh, jump into and everything. Um, I, I know it's not on our docket, but uh, Josh Gordon. Mm-hmm. Was it Josh Gordon? Yeah, I get, yeah, Josh Norman, Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon. Yep. Uh, injured, checked himself into rehab today. The, I saw that. Uh, the uh, talented receiver for the Cleveland Browns, who uh, last played, I guess, two years ago. Might have been two or three years ago. But we're talking about rehab for. Uh, it hasn't. I didn't really get to see any Sports Center to see exactly what it said. I just okay. in my little group chat because I have him on my fantasy team sitting on the bench. Looking to hold on to him and everything, and uh, he checked himself in voluntarily to rehab. Uh, he said he needs to step away from from the game. Uh, don't like to speculate on on what it is because it hasn't been said. But I guess he's still having issues with with uh, substance abuse. Maybe I don't know if it's alcohol or marijuana related, but he's uh, not. Uh, he's indefinitely gone from the uh, Cleveland Browns. It's sort of. It's sad on different levels because, yeah. I mean, it's apparent that he has some sort of personal problem with it and everything where uh, it's not just where everyone says, oh, you're an idiot athlete, oh, you want to smoke weed or whatever to instead of collect these these hundreds of thousands, million dollar <laughs> checks. Uh, apparently, he, there's some sort of deeper issue with it. Um, and he, it's, bravo on him for checking himself into counseling um, and hopefully getting... Saving, maybe getting back in the NFL. I mean, he's sort of used a lot of chances and strikes, so. Yeah, um, I hope he gets healthy. I'll, I'll say that first off. Um, you would like to see, especially with any NFL player, those types of issues being addressed in the offseason. Um, we're, we're right in the middle of the beginning of the season right now. Um, obviously, I'm sure he can't help the timing, but it's a huge loss to his team. Yeah. And I hope he gets healthy. You know, uh, more power to him. Um, I'm glad he checked himself in, but wow, what yeah. a loss. Sucks for Cleveland. I mean, I don't really care about Cleveland as a state record <laughs> label and as a crew. Wow. <laughs> but uh, they lost. Uh, we talked about it on our last episode about people with pressure on them. And uh, uh, Robert Griffin the third out again. Yep. Uh, Season injury. Yeah. Season ending, I, maybe? I, last I had seen, I don't remember if they put him on IR, but it was like some like six to eight or so six to ten weeks. Season, yeah, yeah. Uh, with a, it was like a broken shoulder or dislocated shoulder type injury. Yep. Um, which I mean, it sort of seems to be the story with Robert Griffin is just like he's really really fragile. He's definitely injury prone, and uh, Cleveland was looking to have some exciting uh, offense going on with with Griffin throwing to uh, Josh Gordon and. Uh, it's not going to happen. All right. But we got to switch away from the state of Ohio and yeah. Cleveland. <laughs> uh, 
I was going to say one of the biggest surprises that everybody's really talking about is New England. This is a yes. 3-0 team without Brady and without Gronk. And I, as much as I hate to give them props in a lot of ways, I mean, we got to be fair and admit that, God damn it, Belichick is doing magic. Yeah, I uh, I didn't expect them to... I thought that at least the, the Texan game would be closer than what it was. Wasn't that the shutout? Uh, yeah, that was the shutout on Thursday. Was last Thursday? Yeah. Um, then they the previous games that they played. I think they played. Um, they're playing Buffalo this week, and uh, they played another one where I thought they would probably lose, but they ended up winning. But it looks like they're uh, they're gonna go four and zero through this stretch where they have no, had no Brady in there and with injuries to the backup. Yeah. So this is something where you just have to give credit where credit's due. Um, I'm giving all the credit to Belichick. If he's truly able to win four games without Brady and Gronk, then, God damn it, there's, I mean, again, this year we're, we're looking at a 12-plus win team. Yeah, they're, they're sent on the first game. The one that I thought they were going to lose was against Arizona, um, and they were able to win that game. Um, I saw that I believe one, yeah. it was at Arizona also, and uh, Gr- Gr- uh, Jimmy G. I'll just call him Jimmy G. Because mm-hmm. uh he came in, did his thing, then he got hurt um, in one of the games, and then uh, Brisket, or as they were calling him on ESPN, but he's a rookie, I believe, out of Florida, stepped in. He was running the show against uh, Houston and uh, Mr. J.J. Watt and everything. Well, I'd also like to point out, I mean, the AFC East uh, has nothing but losers in it. Yeah, So we discussed this. They may just clinch. <laughs> you know, by week 12, week 13. I don't think that's unrealistic. You got the Jets, Dolphins, and Buffalo Bills all at one and two. Yeah. Buffalo's already panicking. They fired their offensive coordinator. Uh, the Jets are doing their New York Jets type stuff. And um, Miami, had, I mean, last I checked, Miami's losing, getting beat down 22-7. So, yeah, to uh, Cincinnati. I mean, no one's putting a challenge on, on New England when they're down. So it, they're just going to let New England get back to full strength. And it's, and run the, uh, the AFC, yeah, definitely the AFC East in their division. Yeah. Um, real quick, while we've mentioned Cincinnati, uh, my boy Dave gave me a hard time last week uh, about, or last episode, about not giving any credit to Cincinnati. Um, I'll give them credit for tonight. It looks like they're beating up on Miami like they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they still they got a long way to go. That that loss to the Steelers hurt. Well, the Steelers, they surprised me this past week. But uh, not to get distracted off the Bengals. Uh, I do like the I root for the Bengals and everything. I think uh, Burfitt gets a, a really bad rap a lot of the times. I, I enjoyed watching him in college at Arizona State. Yeah. Um, this game, I think, was a, a nice little litmus test for Cincinnati because uh, Andy Dalton gets the whole uh, sort of stigma about not being able to perform under the big lights, under primetime, Monday night, Sunday night, Thursday night. And uh, he's doing pretty pretty well, doing well. so far. Um, doing well. I was but, listening to it. This was a must win, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they're uh, a one and two team going in here. Yeah. And I mean, uh, the first two games, I believe, were on the road. So uh, they, they were expected, I believe, to... Did they play Denver last before? Yeah, yeah, they yeah, played they Denver. Denver. I can't, I can't give them any fault for losing to Denver because Denver seems to be a great team, especially defensively right Definitely. now. Definitely. Um, and a lot of credit goes to uh, AJ Green. I talk with a lot of my friends and stuff about like where we rank some of our receivers, and I think people sort of sleep on AJ Green uh, in terms of how we rank uh, top tier receivers. And AJ Green's in my top tier. 
Um, top tier, top ten. Oh yeah, top, okay, okay. yeah, yeah. Top, That's what I thought. Yeah, he's a he's a baller. I would put him definitely like top seven. I'd have to sort of rank my my list again and everything. I have him above uh, DeAndre Hopkins, which uh, me and the professor go back and forth. But uh, I, I've always been a fan of AJ Green since his days at Georgia, and, and uh, he he's just as long as he stays healthy. I think one of the years he had some issues with a foot. Um, but as long as A.J. Green stays healthy, I mean, that receiving core is pretty awesome. Uh, they let go of um, Marvin Jones. They let him go to the Lions, who's he's been balling out. He's on track yeah. to break um, Calvin Johnson's receiving records, even though it's only week uh, going into week four. But uh, Marvin Jones looks like he's a, he's a beast also. But uh, hopefully Cincinnati gets everything in line because I, I pull for them more so than I do the Steelers. So uh, hopefully they can uh, take over that AFC North. Yeah, um, well, I mean, the team that's on top of the AFC North is playing my Raiders this week. In Baltimore. Uh, in Baltimore, and that's the Ravens. Yeah. They have uh, exceeded expectations, and I'm going to say, with the exception of New England, they have been the biggest surprise in the AFC. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely in the AFC. Um, Baltimore's looked... I haven't actually got a chance to watch, physically watch them play and everything, but, I mean, records alone, 3-0, I didn't expect them to uh, be at that that level yet not a very prolific offense no. though with those three wins the record can be a little bit deceptive with that mm-hmm. um however i mean i'm going to watch every snap of that raider game right. so i'll be able to tell you know what's what on them yeah they, um, uh, they fell behind against cleveland pretty bad at first um cleveland jumped on it might have been like a 20 to nothing lead or 20 mm-hmm. to 3 and uh, much props to Baltimore for not just giving up. They uh, came back, fought back, blocked the kick, returned it for a touchdown, and ended up winning. So uh, lots of lots of praise to uh, Baltimore. On the uh, flip side of things, I think uh, the most surprising team in the NFC would have to say Philadelphia. 3-0. Yeah, 3-0 with uh, Carson Wentz as a rookie quarterback savior. Two of those games were at home, but, yeah, yeah. but, I, but I'll see, give you. Yeah, um, they were at home, uh, maybe questionable opponent because they played, uh, I believe, Cleveland and Chicago on two but of those Chicago games. Chicago ain't shit. Chicago's really, really not good at all. But, I mean, in terms of uh, drafting the second quarterback uh, in the draft, it looks like he should have been the first one taken overall because he's, he's uh, he hasn't thrown an interception yet. He's played real uh, calm and, and showed great composure under pressure, and he's, he seems to have a nice little handle on, on the offense, which makes me scratch my head about what the hell Chip Kelly was doing if uh, Chip Kelly couldn't get some victories out in Philadelphia and essentially they have a worse personnel than they had uh, last year and they're 3-0. and So it makes me a little bit... Um, it's got some red flags going on for uh, what Chip Kelly's able to do as a coach. Early for me yet, but I, I'm yes. with you on something to watch for. Uh, definitely. Staying with the NFC... Um, we got Minnesota at 3-0. and I didn't yes. see that. I thought Green Bay would already have a couple-game lead on the NFC North by their, now. Their defense has been on point. Um, they've just been punching people in the face and uh, just balling out. And surprisingly, their running game has not been doing anything. Uh, I can't remember what was Peterson. Uh, no, Peterson was, was still playing when we had our last cast. But yeah. Peterson... Appears to probably be done for the season. Might come back for the playoffs if possible, but mm, who knows? He's it's, an old. He's an older back. Yeah, he's he's on the uh, on the other end of thirty, and um, I mean Peterson's obviously shown his history for being able to come back from injuries uh, like they never happen. But uh, MCL, LCL type injury that's that's no joke. But even uh, with the backup McKinnon and uh, Asiata, they haven't been able to show that they can run the ball. Yep. It's been mainly defense with uh with Sam Bradford uh back from the dead 
Yeah. Uh, he's been able to lead lead that whole team. So, uh, And uh, their stadium, I, I don't know if you'll get a chance to check out the Monday night game that they're playing at their new stadium, which looks absolutely amazing. This it's, is a dome, obviously. It's, it's a dome with a glass roof. Hmm, okay, so it's like that'll, a, that'll be interesting. It's almost got this sort of greenhouse kind of look to it. What um, they are saying, like the noise in there is is insanely loud, which should be awesome to watch on Monday night. All right, I'm looking forward to that. Yes. Um, staying with the NFC, I'm going to look at the South a little bit. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons are a team to watch. I think early on, mm-hmm. they may be might be my upset favorite for that division because. Carolina has underwhelmed. Yes, Carolina hasn't got out the blocks as fast as they should have. Um, the Denver game was the Denver game. They probably should have won if it wasn't for a missed field goal. Should have, would have, could have. Yeah, they um, they got bullied by Minnesota. That yep. was just a straight up uh, bully job. Yep. So they're sitting at one and two. The Saints don't seem to be doing anything oh, they're, right. They're laughable. But Drew Brees is Dang. putting up putting up <laughs> so many I mean he's leading the league in in a reception or yards yeah. passing and whatnot, but three L's. Yeah. So I, I mean, you know, you paid how much for them yeah, for him? Yeah, about uh, it was another 100 million dollar contract. Yeah, that's so, looking terrible right now. Yeah, but uh Atlanta Atlanta's going to be Atlanta. It's just a matter of time before they start chugging along and the check engine light comes on. All I'm saying is someone has to win the division. Yeah. And if it, it's certainly not going to be the Saints, Tampa Bay is too young yeah. and too inexperienced. That leaves Atlanta or Carolina. And so far, with Carolina being one and two, I'm not convinced, having seen at least two of those games mm-hmm. so far, that they're winning this division yet. The other thing is, because they went to the Super Bowl last year, they're in the position of folks kind of marking them on yes, the calendar and yes. gunning for them yes. to prove a point. They, They're uh, more of a litmus test this year than they were last exactly. year. Exactly. They uh, they actually play Atlanta this week. I believe it's at the Georgia Dome. So that'll be a nice Big uh, game. test for both teams and everything. It's uh, not to say it's a make or break thing, but uh, it's definitely... Who do you think's got more pressure in that game? Do you think it's Atlanta to uh, show that they're legit, definitely or do you think Carolina to show that hey, uh, we need to fix whatever we got going With on. With it being a home game for Atlanta, it's definitely them to showcase that they are for real this year. They win that one, and they're going to have a lot of confidence for the next three or four weeks, mm-hmm. regardless of who they're playing. I gotcha. Um, the other thing I will say, and I am completely biased, but I am very impressed <laughs> with uh, Derek Carr so far. He's, he's played really, really well. Um, he threw, he's thrown one pick in three games, um, and even that one was... It was it, a tip, right? It, it was a tip and a no-call P.I., oh, okay. you know, but that's okay. Things happen. You know, you can't get too nitpicky about it. Uh, overall, he has controlled that offense in a masterful way, like he's an eight- or nine-year veteran. The two things I've been hearing, uh, I guess, the question marks about Oakland, um, one, I guess, is the Latav- what's going on with Latavius Murray. Like, why are they yep. not, I guess, giving him the ball, force-feeding him? Is it running back by committee now? Because uh, I think the other guy's Washington or yeah, something. Yeah, who's played well. He's played really, really well. So it's, it's uh, really interesting to see what they're going to commit to with their running game. And then their defense has been kind of... Uh, Helter-skelter. Yeah. Um, for the first two games, it was the most atrocious defense I've seen. I mean, last year we had at least Woodson back there. Everybody else besides Mac was absolute right. fucking trash. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's no Woodson back there. There's no veteran leadership, you know, on our defense. Right. And we just got torched, especially by big, fast, athletic tight ends. You know, in that Atlanta game, that was very winnable. Yeah. 
Um, but I will say this. They played well last week. Um, they have they, they have to show me something in Baltimore, you know, because Flacco can really air it out. Yeah. Um, but they're hanging tough. I don't believe in San Diego. I do believe Denver is legit, obviously. Yeah. And I'm not sure on KC right. yet. KC is always, always hard to judge. Uh, their defense seems to be some man eaters. Which uh, obviously, if they any team with a defense that's forcing turnovers and getting points directly off those turnovers, that's that's dangerous. It just shows that they're ball hawks. They they rip the ball out where they need to, and that I mean, most games are won and lost by the turnover margin. They could very easily be an eleven and five team or a ten and six team, or they could be a seven and nine team. Yes, in in Kansas City. Yeah, and, and they don't have Jamal Charles yet either. I, and I mean, without any injuries, without anything changing, they could literally go either way. Mm-hmm. And obviously, deciding games are going to be played in the division later in the season. Yeah. Um, Is that but, Baltimore game uh, early? Yeah, it's okay. an early one so for the early, West Coast. Yeah, okay. So yeah, it'll be at ten o'clock. That's one of the reasons why I want to yeah. get back for my Spartan race. That's it. I wonder did they did they come back? Because they played at Tennessee, right? Yep. Okay. Did they? Do you know if they flew back to Oakland and then went, or because I know some teams will stay out, like I out there, and then don't just know. It short. would make more sense to me, and okay. I'm not Jack Del Rio to stay out there. Yeah. But you know, I don't know for certain. That'll be interesting. And then with uh, Niners, they're pitiful. Um, they won the first week. I was actually at that game, the St. Louis game, which was really cool to see. That was a shutout, right? Uh, or did they get the shutout or close to it? Th- I think yeah, they got the shutout. shutout. Yeah. That was a big one. Yeah, no, it was, it was really cool going to that game. Uh, stadium was awesome. Um, then they got blasted by Carolina. They were able to come back a little bit because um, I think Carolina just put on cruise control mm-hmm. and everything. And then um, last week against Seattle, I mean, Seattle just t- taking us to the woodshed and everything. Gabbard needs to get out of the game, but I don't want Cap in there until the Buffalo game because let... Uh, the bye week, I believe we have a bye week, then we play Buffalo, so give Cap two weeks to prep, get him uh, up to speed with the offense and everything, and that way we're not playing this uh, murderer's road type schedule. Um, we get a nice little break with Dallas being uh, banged up as they are, but yep. uh, don't don't send him out to the Wolves uh, against Seattle, Dallas, Arizona, and everything. Here's the deal. I mean, regardless of how anybody feels, and I'm talking about just on the field with Cap, He's someone who's proven himself in this league from a sheer numbers and uh, and win standpoint. Those Harbaugh years, any quarterback would be envious of what he accomplished. He essentially fixed Alex Smith yep. and made him into a, an, uh, you can call him average to above average quarterback. Yeah. It's a serviceable quarterback, not just with the Niners, but obviously with Kansas City where he's taking his team to the playoffs and everything. Yeah. Um, I do think he should be the starting quarterback. Um, and again, just on pure athleticism and his uh, ability to to win. Mm-hmm. You know, very different team, very different offense. I like. Don't you have Hyde in your backfield? Hyde's now? really, really good. Um, as long as he stays healthy, sometimes he gets banged up. He's had a, I think, a couple concussions since he's been in the. In the league, but uh, Hyde runs like a monster. It's just a matter of keeping him healthy and uh, on the field. I think he'll have a big game against Dallas. Um, he was able to get two touchdowns against Seattle, even though they were sort of garbage time where after right. the game was out of hand. But points are points. Uh, let him get the experience, get used to running it. My issue with Gabbard is Gabbard can't throw the ball past the sticks. Yep. He reminds me, like we talked about Chad Pennington, Alex Smith, and away. Gabbard just seems to be in that same mold 
where uh, it's third and seven, you need to not throw the ball three yards. Yep. <laughs> you need to throw it at the sticks or past the sticks. And Gabbert just seems to not be able to do it. Even on like wide receiver screens, receivers are catching it at their feet, balls bouncing on, on wide open stuff. It's, it's really pitiful to watch. Um, I can't wait for him to get the hell out of there. And, um, I mean, it'll be, it looks like it's going to be between us and probably Chicago for, uh, for draft order and everything yeah. based well, on how things are going out. But we'll see. I, I actually believe the Niners are going to pull out at least five, maybe six. I actually wins. think they'll win this week at home. Uh, doesn't look like Des Bryant's going to play. He's got a, uh, sort of hairline fracture in the knee. Um, they actually fined him for not showing up to the MRI or the training meeting. Uh, and everything. What the fuck does? Yeah, he, supposedly he was saying he was, I guess, nervous about whatever news was going to come with the, the MRI and uh, stuff, so he just missed it. But, Des uh, being Des. Yeah, Des doesn't play, gives the Niners a great chance to win, which will be really cool, but uh, there's and, not that many wins on that Niners schedule, so we'll take them where we can get them. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, that that's where we are right now, NFL-wise. Um, J.J. Watt's out for the year. I don't know if you saw yeah, that. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, J.J. Watt's out for the year. Kind of uh, sad. I, I, I like his attitude and energy to a certain extent um you know he's a big big dummy in a lot of mm-hmm. ways but he's he's silly with it you know yeah. um so it's, it's going to be a loss to not have that personality in the league you yeah. know um but yeah i mean overall i mean that feels like most of the big big stories yeah you know? uh, green bay seemed to get their stuff together at least last week uh people were sort of panicking about what's going on with green bay what's wrong with aaron Rodgers. Well, they he got... responded with a nice four-touchdown game against the Lions, even though they are the Lions. I mean, they still... It's a division game for them, so it's bigger for them than we than we think yeah. of. But um... And everybody's starting to respect, because it, it, Rodgers' bad game was against Minnesota, but now we everyone's seeing Minnesota can play some, some D. Yeah, they, they're, uh, they're tougher than they look. Uh, and I didn't predict them being as good as they are, so I'll give them credit. But it's a longer season than just these first few oh, weeks. Oh, yeah, of course. Weather hasn't gotten cold yet. Yes. You know, um, and I think just now people are starting to get into football shape, yeah. as I like to call exactly. it. You even got people coming back like Le'Veon Bell from his suspension. He plays this week. So yep. teams are getting the rust off. We'll start to see these teams that really hit their uh, their peaks and, and what they're they're supposed to be doing and, and see how they're really, uh, what kind of football team they really are. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm not even going to mention... Uh, the L.A. Rams, which just which just sounds wrong still, <laughs> um, but they did bounce back from that uh, that shutout, and they're they've got two wins already. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give them credit. I'm surprised Arizona, uh, who I if Seattle you know choked or whatever, I was mm-hmm. predicting Arizona to win that NFC West. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Carson though. Palmer seems to uh, be costing his team some victories. Uh, he's got the turnover bug. Played a really bad game last week, so we'll see if uh, it's just a little phase or if uh, Father Times. Uh, Knocking he, on his, his doorstep. I mean, he was a Raider for a few years. He is very... I mean, he's someone who will give you three touchdowns, but always one or two picks. Yeah. Which drives me fucking nuts. Speaking of picks, didn't we have... Uh, what was it? Fitz, Fitzpatrick or... Uh, oh, uh, the Jets quarterback? Yeah, didn't yeah, he throw six? He threw like five or six. It was God bad damn, against was Ken- Kansas City, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you just can't do that. Yeah. All right, so, I mean... The, the NFL's on. Uh, it, it's the number one sport. We're still just about... Three weeks, three or four weeks outside mm-hmm. of uh, the NBA season starting. Yeah. Um, and this is the time where you're starting to see team photos. You yeah. Know? Um, training camps uh, have, you know, really begun, real deal begun in yeah. earnest. And uh, 
You're going to start seeing some exhibition games as well. Yeah. Um, I saw, I guess, the Warriors got together and they were talking about their first practice together with, with their whole new squad. Yep. Um, I've seen a little excerpt from uh, Cleveland. Uh, well, LeBron was talking, but I guess Cleveland's back practicing uh, ball and everything. Um, it seemed to be one of the, the bigger news stories, at least, that I noticed was uh, Chris Bosh. Uh, looks like his career might, well, his career in Miami appears to be done. I think, uh, it's, it, I think it's going to turn out, even though this hasn't been said, that it's his career period. Yeah, right. I, I think um, so, too. And uh, even Dwayne Wade came out and sort of spoke on it, saying, like, hey, uh, love him as a friend and think of him as a brother and everything. But, it's, I mean, it's, it's your health. And yeah. everything. It's it's one thing when you're talking about like, oh, I want to come back from this knee injury, I want to come back from this this ligament, micro uh, fracture surgery, et cetera, et cetera. When it's blood clots and it's stuff having to do with your heart and vital organs, that's a completely different ball of wax and that's something that like you need to just back away, unfortunately. Like we no one questions his desire or want to play. It's not about his uh, pain tolerance or physical toughness. No, he's a tough guy. It's it's just for his I mean, thinking about his family and, and his, his loved ones and everything, saying, hey, I mean, he's got rings. I'm sure he loves playing playing ball, but, I mean, hopefully he's secure financially where he doesn't need to uh, collect those checks from the NBA. And he just says, you know what, I'm, I'm going to take a step back and listen to these doctors, listen to my friends and family, and just call it a, a, a short. Not, I mean, you can call it a short, shorter than what it, it should have been. Yeah, I think career. I think he would have given us about four to five more oh, years. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and at least three of those would have been solid years, mm-hmm. very productive years. Um, but he was definitely nearing the uh, twilight of his career. Right. And there's no shade in that. Two-time champion, four-time. Uh, he went to the finals yeah. with LeBron. Um, cool and and prior to the stuff with LeBron, because everybody wants to say, oh, he just you know formed that yeah. uh, you know triple threat kind of thing in Miami and South Beach or whatever. Um, he was balling in Toronto. Yeah, he he really was an was. all-star. Yes. People, and, I mean, Toronto just sort of gets ignored, just like with uh, DeMar DeRozan. People sort of don't really give him as much due and respect or pay much attention to him because they're not really overly interested in watching Toronto on Except TV. for Drake. Drake loves yeah, it. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, I mean, Bosch was there, and Bosch was doing his thing, um, and he was, he was a force. He was very talented, and he, I, uh, he doesn't get enough credit for it. Sort of taking a back seat. That's what I was just going to say. In going to Miami and and going into that third option role behind LeBron, behind Wade, and he he did his job what he was supposed to. He hit big hit. He hit big shots. Did rebounds. Did dirty work. That's a hard shot to your ego. You're yeah. the number one guy for the first six, eight years, whatever it was for him, and then you go to being the third option. And we saw Kevin and Love not be able to handle it exactly. That well. And remember, he was heavily criticized as that third option at times. You yeah. know, in certain games in those Miami years where um, they didn't cut it, you know, they lost in the mm-hmm. finals twice. Remember, um, people have been like, well, where's Chris Bosh? You know, and putting out APBs on him. Yeah. But I thought overall he consistently showed up to play yeah. in all of those big games. Um, so RIP to him. In, or not RIP, <laughs> but RIP to his career in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, the other big one for me, and this hit close to home. Kevin Garnett. Oh yeah, retired. Garnett. Yeah, Garnett re- retired. Uh, we put in twenty-one years of work. Yeah, man. I mean, what ninety-five? Yeah, he came into the league. Yeah, ninety-five because it was before the ninety-six class, yep. I believe. Yeah. Uh, drafted by Minnesota, Henry uh, Marbury had those those couple years and everything, um, and he was the big ticket to, to show up in in the uh, in the north for a good while. Um, 
Was it a trade or was he a free agent signing to the Celtics? Well, I can't remember. I think free. Let's go with free agent, okay. and then we'll fact check it. And then uh, he created that uh, that big three and everything, and sort of you can say call it the I guess the original super team, mm-hmm. um, where him, uh, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce. Yep. They won a championship and everything. They brought back the. Um, the iconic Lakers uh, Celtics Definitely. finals and everything, which was uh, put me through a lot of emotions and uh, and everything watching those the, those series play out. Uh, and it was a treat that we got them for back to back years yep. and everything. It was really awesome. Were both of them seven games each year? I want to say they were. I thought the first one was six. Okay, I thought. we'll, we'll look. We'll check, check that. But yeah, but I mean, it, it great was, finals. They, they were they were really really great ones. Uh, I remember where I was watching a lot of those those games and everything, especially with um, the the seventh one where our test was hitting the shot and everything in the corner. Um, but yeah, much love to Garnett. Uh, sometimes I he rubs me the wrong way because he seems to be a lot of bark, no bite in terms of like him wanting to square up and fight people on the court. But uh, he, he did his thing. I'll admit I don't think he wanted to. Fight per se, like like Ron Artest style, or uh-huh. even like Big Ben Wallace, like or or yeah, I don't think he wanted to literally tear your head off, but he did want to get in your head. He did want to intimidate you. Oh yeah, you. yeah he would. Yeah, he was. And barking. he was a scary, scary, ferocious man. Yeah, and I think he was very successful with getting you to believe that he was just in, too intense for you. You know what I mean? And and it was all part of his own level of shit-talking. He was someone who was going to give you 20-plus, 10-plus, 5-plus, the 20-10-5 kind of guy, every goddamn night. Um, and defensively, he just took it up to another level, especially some of those Boston years when he was so hungry for that uh, that title. Yeah, he, he also, he was uh, going over his stats, he was a 15-time All-Star, um, won an MVP in 2004, obviously the championship with the Celtics. Four-time All NBA First Team, uh, Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, the list goes on. I mean, clear, easy, first ballot Hall of Fame. Averages a double double through his career with seventeen point eight, ten boards, three, uh, three assists, and everything. So, I mean, he was a beast, and uh, he's one of those last couple of people that uh, got drafted out of high school. Yes, and everything. exactly. He uh, came straight from. Uh, Oh, it just slipped my head. Was it Chicago-ish? Farragut High School or something like that? Uh, Yeah. Kobe was Lower Marion. I think it was like... I think he's from Chicago. I'd have to double check, but... uh, He went to school in the Carolinas. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm looking it up right now. Carolina. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's from Carolina. It says Farragut Academy in Chicago. So he was from South Carolina, I guess. Okay. Went to one of those those basketball sort of factories. Yeah, exactly. And uh, got shipped up there and everything, but... uh, Obviously, great career for him. Uh, 40 year, years old. Wow, I didn't even know he was that old. It makes me feel uh, aged. Well, he was someone who was, tire- much like Kobe to a certain extent, tireless in terms of his work ethic Yeah. when it comes to taking care of his body. Unlike, you know, that big man lazy stuff yeah. with Shaq, no, no, he it did not apply to this 6 feet 11, you know, yeah. tower of a man. Yeah, he was not big man lazy at all. Um, he would definitely get after it. One of the other things that I always will think about when it comes to Kevin Garnett, he was one of the first I've ever seen to, after, after like the, the whistle would blow, he would like block the shot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because people would try to do the continuation, even though it was kind of a fake continuation, and just throw the ball at the yeah, rim. Yeah, and he was having none of that yeah, bullshit. Yeah, like a goalie. Yes. yes. And I love that. Because I was like, well, is that goaltending? And even sometimes, though it was goaltending, because yeah. it was after the whistle, he was just like, 
fuck you. Yeah. You're not getting any more <laughs> baskets. And that was psychological too. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. That was intense. That was like, you know, I'm going to man up and fucking prevent you from scoring by any means yeah, necessary. Playing after the whistle. Everyone says playing to the whistle. You play after the whistle. Yeah. Like, not, not in a dirty way, but just like, nope, you, you're, you're not even going to see if your shot was going to go in because I'm going to go in here. I'm going to take it, take it off the rim. Yep. Nothing was easy against yeah. him. And I, I give him credit for that. 20 years of that bullshit. Yeah. That was that was fun to watch. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what he does with his career post-basketball. Uh, I don't know if he has any interest in announcing or anything. Uh, or where he even plans to sort of settle down at and everything. It was cool that he was able to have the homecoming back to Minnesota. Yeah. Um, I don't really know where he, I guess, officially considers home home for him and everything. That's a good question. Um, I'd love to see him in the front office somewhere. I really would. Um, I don't think he has the personality quite to handle um, announcing right. or commentating. Uh, I think that's a very rare talent, and I, I just don't quite see that with him, right. per se. Um, but... I'd love to see him, and I thought I heard rumors about him wanting to buy a partial ownership in even the Minnesota okay. Timberwolves or Milwaukee, something like that in that area. I could see that. Um, which I'm all in favor. I mean, you need more uh, former athletes like Jordan yeah. owning teams. There's no reason why you couldn't and shouldn't have that. Yeah. Um, so kudos to him. Uh, much, much props. Um, let's switch gears a little bit. Obviously, on Black and Black Times Infinity, we talk about gaming a whole lot. This year, uh, 2K came out. Mm -hmm. I haven't gotten it yet. <laughs> I actually might get it this year. I want to get it. Uh, Paul George is on the cover of the regular edition. Yeah, uh, Kobe is on the cover I of saw, the... I was going to ask because I saw one with Kobe on it. I didn't know if someone had just sort of made their own custom cover. No, that's thing? like the gold edition okay. or expanded. It's some kind of... Hmm. It's a special edition one. Okay. Uh, same year and all of that. And obviously he's in the game. I, I want to get it and play it and see what, what it's like and whatnot. Um... I got an issue, though. Uh, I don't know about Paul George being on the cover. You've got a lot of Paul George hate. And uh, I think we talked with your friend, uh, was it Jeremy from Atlanta? James. I'm sorry, James from Atlanta, uh, with your Paul George hate for no apparent reason. Paul George hasn't really shown us much, oh, man. man. I, I mean, I'd rather have a, a Toronto homeboy. Uh, oh, no. Paul George is in the top, top group of athletes. And uh, I wouldn't call him a super superstar and everything, but I put him ahead of, of DeRozan and everything. If I want somebody on my team, I mean, Paul George can do it all as far as I'm concerned. Rebound, pass. All? I mean, he hasn't won anything on that level, but technically okay. neither has Durant. Here's who would have not been controversial Oh boy, and a better pick. I'm not going to go with the war anybody on the Warriors. I'm actually going to give it to Kyrie. I mean, I well, think... Well, Kyrie was on it, I thought. Kyrie was, no, Kyrie was on one of those games. On It might have been the NBA Live game okay. or something. Because right. Kyrie was on a cover of something. 2K is the premier right. game. Right. Now, I don't know how the whole... Who can be on what... If, if, it's, if it matters per he, year. He's anything. in the league. I don't think it would have been controversial one bit to put... Him over Paul George. I don't have an issue with Paul George. I mean, would Kyrie have been a better pick? Is what I'm asking you. It's a, it's a, all it is is just a photo on the, on the thing. Is that going to stop you from buying the game? I'm, I'm just simply saying, it's an honor. <laughs> it's a testament to 
you universally being recognized as one of, if not the best player in the goddamn world oh, for basketball, oh or one of the very top, 1% of 1%. I'm not seeing that from your boy PG right now. You're getting a little bit carried away with this whole... Uh... He's, top, he's top 15% of the league, I'll give you that. Maybe top 12. I, I don't see what's wrong with showing, uh, with showing um, Paul George some love. I'll give it to you like this. You know what it's like? It would be like Drew Brees being on the cover for Madden 17. Well, I don't even care about that. They put... Oh, I'm sorry. No, Drew Brees has won a championship. That's, that's, a, that's a terrible example. Um, who, what other, I mean, what other quarterback could I, could I use, you know? Well, I mean, I don't really get all torn up about who's on the cover of the game. Unless, I mean, didn't they have T-Bow? No, they didn't have T-Bow. No, they have T-Bow. Think, I'm thinking one of the NCAA games or something they, they've like They've had some, uh, some poor choices in the Madden field. All I'm trying to say is it seemed it made me made me raise one of my eyebrows. Okay, I'm, I'm looking at okay. So we have Paul George this year, Kobe Bryant's the legend edition. Last year we had Curry, Harden, and Anthony Davis. I, I don't know. I guess you could. It says it could be swapped. Special edition was Jordan. You had Durant in 2K15. Yep. No, no controversy on that. No controversy. Okay, what about 2K13? You had uh, Blake Griffin. 13? 2K13, you had Blake Griffin. Okay, I could deal with that. Uh, you, what, what, what separates Blake, Blake Griffin from, from Paul George in terms of, like, how, how in, where are we in drawing 13, the line on this? In 13, okay, because I have to backtrack a little bit, but in, <laughs> in 13, he didn't have as much of the baggage as he has right now. If, if, it, if you were talking about Blake right now on the cover, I'd have a problem with it. In 13, he had much more of a promising upside where i could see him potentially competing for being in, at least well, in the western was, conference was, finals what, what at this what he was he the dunk contest champion at that point is that all he had accomplished really he played well in the regular season uh, okay and i argue that paul george has played as well if not better in the regular season mm, all right. like griffin done anything postseason wise that we should be aware about no he's uh, not impressive postseason okay. wise Postseason wise, you you have me that that in retrospect, four years out, looks a little weird. Okay, just like this looks weird. So you take it? Would you take Paul George? You're taking uh, Griffin over Paul George now. You gotta you gotta take one guy on your team. You taking Blake over Paul? I'm still taking Blake over Paul. Oh, man. I'm still taking Blake over Paul. Ridiculous. Uh, Blake did some stupid shit last year with, you know, that off-the-court fight or whatever. But uh, Blake Griffin can ball. He can ball. When he's he's healthy. And and when he's healthy. And he's more of a known entity in face, you know. He's got Kia commercials and bullshit. One plays in L.A., one plays in Indiana. Whose fault is that? <laughs> it's not his fault. It's whoever drafted him. All I'm saying is I'm going to watch Paul George's career very carefully this year. He better show and motherfucking prove. So who, so what's the bar? What what, what determines failure in, in a successful season for Paul George? I'm glad you? you asked, Stitch. Um, <laughs> if Paul George doesn't get a bare minimum fourth seed in the East, no. Three seed bare minimum in the oh, East, because that's not. I mean, we all know Cleveland. We got Cleveland. Uh, New York should be. Whole, I mean, unless they we gonna talk about New York. Well, yeah, but I mean, based on what they got on paper, New York should be uh, have some, their shit together. Toronto. 
you should be able to eliminate one of those teams and get that third slot. One of. Not both, per se. One of them. They're, they're a 4-5 seed. They're a 4-5 seed. And Atlanta is Atlanta. You don't know what Atlanta is going to show up. So, they, as long as they're a 4-5, that's fine. If they're a 7-8, that's a problem. That, if, they're not go, if they don't make it to that second round and fight, like game, at least game 6-7 in the second round, uh, that, that's going to be a disappointment for a 2K cover Franchise man. This but, guy. Meanwhile, Chris Paul been on the cover. But what you gotta say about Chris Paul? Chris it, Paul just choked hard. Man. <laughs> I would have. I would have a problem with him being on the cover. Okay. All right. Um, we've mentioned this a couple times before. Let's get into it though. Are we at a point now? And I don't see why this would stop. We're, we're looking at year seven of the Bron Bron era in the East. Can we make it? Can we possibly make it to year 10? Three more years of LeBron and Cleveland dominating? Whether he's in Cleveland or not. I'm just saying a LeBron team. Because he could go to fucking New York. I Or Toronto. That would be chaotic. So, uh, that that's a whole different uh, rabbit hole we would have to discuss. It All I'm saying is a team with him on it and healthy... Dominating the Eastern Conference and Eastern playoffs. I mean, the way it's shaped up, there's no reason why they shouldn't be able. To. The only thing I see stopping them is potential injury and everything, or if LeBron's body starts to start to sort of wither away, which um, it shows no signs. Yeah, of. he uh, he takes a lot of hits. Um, I believe at one point in the season last year, they sort of gave him a couple of days off just to sort of uh, get his body back right and everything. So as long as that coat, uh, Lou isn't grinding him to the dirt and everything and maintaining his health and giving him days off when, when they need it on like back-to-back road games or whatever it is, um, they should be all right. I mean, it sort of depends on on his health, Kyrie's health. But if they're healthy, they're, they shouldn't have a, uh, any problem I'm getting there. But. I'm saying, for me personally, regardless of Kyrie, and even though Kyrie is a stud, I, I gave he earned a lot of my respect last year. Um, a LeBron team, until I am proven wrong, is going to win the Eastern Conference. I don't see that changing at all. When if healthy, if he's in the game, if we see ten years of this, because we're on year seven, goddammit, it, right now. What does that say about the conference? What does that say about the league? And what does it say about his legacy? Oh, man. Unfortunately, at least for me, I think it's... Well, I think it says more about the the conference. But when we look back on this years from now or 10, 20 years from now, I don't... I think it'll get lost about how piss poor the East is. No one really remembers... Will, will remember that. I mean, we remember it now, but I think looking back on it, I don't think the mass people will remember, I guess, how sort of mediocre these teams were. Everyone will just yeah. sort of look at the number and be like, Bron got him there 10 times. Or he dominated throughout this entire decade. Well, basketball purists will probably remember the uh, state of affairs going on in the East. Um, I, just, I, I just think it reflects on a bad East. I'll remember it, but I think when it... When we look back in our history books, I think it'll just sort of get looked over and everyone will just focus on the numbers, the number. 
he got there this many times. He dominated for 10 years, et cetera, et cetera. So it's sort of like a loaded result, but I mean, I, I, I look at it a different way, but I don't think the mo- majority of people will. I think as a whole, this is extremely special. I think reg- he cannot control, just like how we talk about with boxers yeah. and MMA fighters and whatnot, he has zero control over what happens in Indiana or Boston or New York or any of these other yeah. teams. All he does is mow them the fuck <laughs> down every goddamn year. Usually in a sweep or five games or six games. It's not even really close. It's, there are very few times that it even goes to seven in the Eastern Conference mm. with him. He just takes the control and shits on them. Yeah. And and some of these teams, although not elite elite, are good teams. You can't tell me, you know, Toronto wasn't a tough team. You know what I mean? Uh, some of these teams that they've played against, when even in the Miami years, you know, it, it wasn't a given every year. Except now it's easy to look back and say, oh, it's a given because the East is so weak. Well, teams came to play against him in the playoffs. Uh, I... To me, however, and especially since it's so fresh and I can remember how the league really was last year, Mm -hmm. I don't think they were better than the Spurs. I don't think they would have beat the Spurs in a seven-game series. You know the Spurs? For Cleveland? Yeah. I I don't think they would have beat the Thunder in a seven-game series. I think Golden State just sort of shit the bed, unfortunately, and I don't consider them a better team than Golden State. But, I mean, they happened to just win those those four games before the Warriors were able to win four games. Mm. So, for me, if you were to do a power ranking, regardless of who actually held up the trophy, I would still have Cleveland as four wow. for last year. I, I, I don't think they were better than the Warriors. I don't think they were better than the Spurs. I don't think they were better than the Thunder. I think they are better than the Clippers were last year. But that puts, according to my personal ranking, that puts them right at four, as far as I was concerned. Well... Even if that is the case, and I think there's some merit to that, I'm still going to give a whole lot of credit for the consistency of six years and counting. Mm -hmm. This is year seven we're going into with his team winning three rounds of playoff basketball. You can only play whoever's in front of you and everything. That's no fault. You can't. All I'm saying is just a matter of personal pride and wanting to man up and whatnot. If he gets to 10 goddamn fucking years, a decade of it being a given, I'm going to the finals, who going to stop me? That says something. How many does he have to win, though? How many championships? Yeah, if he goes, let's say he goes back for the next four years, makes it even for this entire decade, goes 10, because he's got, what, Yeah, yeah, I get you, I get you. Um, If he gets, if he goes... Are we talking about for his legacy? Uh, let's talk about for this decade. Okay, so, but I'm going to say this. If he appears in 10 straight goddamn finals, and yeah, let's it's a, feat. It's, a, it's a good feat. That's impressive as fuck, mm-hmm. man. I mean, one of the things that gets forgotten is Magic Johnson went to nine. Yeah. Lost four. Nobody mentions that lost four part, you know, but won five. I, I get that. He, he has a winning percentage mm. in the finals. Jordan won six. It, we, we've all known this. Just going to 10 
is something that I didn't think we would ever see in the modern era. Yeah, because now he's got three. He's yeah. got three now. He's lost, what, three? Four. He's lost four. Okay. So, I, I can't have him give. I can't have him getting a five. That ruins my agenda and everything. Hey, can't have this be the better than MJ, Kobe, or LeBron show. <laughs> <laughs> might you might be seeing it, but we will see. Um, why don't we get in? I got actually something for you, man. Um, we don't talk about this very often, but something just kind of struck me. In while we were growing up, I recall there being like two financially insolvent leagues uh in in america for women's basketball pro leagues that uh, failed before the wnba i think at least one league do you does anybody really watch the wnba at all Ugh. right now and is it just a no disrespect but is it just a charity for the nba um i have some friends uh they are female that do watch WNBA, uh, they go to some of the games. Uh, my friend Tima uh, and her uh, ex-girlfriend used to go to WNBA games pretty often and everything. Okay. She would uh, sort of send me, like, they would take photos there and everything like that. So I don't want to, just because it's something that, like, I have no interest into and, like, my immediate group of friends don't really pay attention to, I don't want to completely shit on their whole operation and everything. I'm just I'm saying as a whole though. Yeah. I mean I, as a whole, it it seems to me that if it was separate financially completely from the NBA, it would have a hard time. Oh yeah, of course. I mean they 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 need to be in ta- attached with an umbilical cord to the NBA for sure. Financially, they're not in terms of that, their operation costs and tra- having these girls travel. I mean, that's a, that's a big reason why you see these girls doing basketball overseas during the, the offseason because, I mean, the, the WNBA isn't even able to pay them. A, a, I mean, they're, obviously, they're getting paid well. But in terms of uh, what a professional athlete, especially obviously what the men are getting paid and everything, where them to have to go overseas to continue to bring home checks and even... From what I'm possibly hearing, the money's better overseas. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's, the, it's categorically better overseas okay. in yeah. like Europe and whatnot. Yeah, so it, it shows that it's sort of a poor uh, financial product in terms of the money that they're bringing in. Uh, if they're not able to pay their their number one source of the players and everything, obviously they're not financially stable in terms of they have to rent out their their uniforms like nascar jackets yeah and stuff to get uh sponsorships and everything uh i mean you got to open up an arena you're going to like big arenas so you got to pay the the operation costs for these people for concessions all employees and everything it just yeah it'd be interesting to get a peek at the books on the WNBA to see how much money they're actually bringing in versus how much money they they have to spend on the players operation costs and everything and then to see how much of it is funded uh, mainly by the NBA. Yeah. I'm just taking some wild guesses in the dark that a, a substantial amount is probably oh, funded yeah. by the by the NBA. I it, the league's been around for 20 plus years. I don't haven't seen much change in terms of it becoming uh, more popular and mainstream and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, d- yes, there are some adamant fans um, of it, you know, like some of your friends that you were yeah. mentioning. But I, I just don't, I don't see it 
penetrating pop culture. I think if you ask average people, this is my test for soccer all the time. Yeah. Who are the stars in this this sport that you you say that you're co- kind of quote uh, quote unquote interested in? For soccer, no Americans for the most part statistically can name any current American soccer players. It's, it's sort of interesting, and I, I should have done a little bit better research and everything because um, and I know that they at least from my knowledge they started to sort of market towards. Uh, popular women basketball areas in the country. Okay. With like Carolina, obviously, mm-hmm. um, Maryland, uh, even Con- Connecticut has a WNBA team, if I believe. Oh, really? Okay. Based- yeah. That would make sense. UConn yeah. has been dominant UConn for forever. UConn has been dominant. Like, so um, that sort of model, and I wish I had done some research to find out if that's exactly what they were doing by putting a team in Connecticut, because obviously there's no major, there's no professional in, uh, uh, NBA team there. Yep. Um, and I'm not sure about the North Carolina region if they have a, a WNBA team, but um, you, if you go back to like college basketball, college women basketball is a very popular thing. Um, it, depending on what school that is that you're going to, for the big schools, I'll, I'll admit, yeah, that. Uh, and Stanford, UConn, Stanford, UConn, La Tech, Tennessee, yeah. um, North Carolina, Maryland. So there are regions and schools that have a big uh, following. Um, I. With Pat Summit there, women Tennessee basketball, Lady Vol basketball is more popular than than men. Absolutely, the, the absolutely. She was an everything. icon. Yeah, um, you could say sort of arguably with uh, Maryland, some of these other teams. I mean, UConn obviously is in a class of its own. Same with um, Stanford. Yes, yeah, UConn, Stanford, obviously uh, UConn men basketball is is up there as well. So I think it'd be a good idea to uh, market to those regions of the country, maybe to relocate. I mean, I don't know well, what's going on with Phoenix. Let, let, let's pump the brakes a little bit, though. And, yeah. and the only reason why I'm going to do that is there's a significant difference between college and pro. Oh, yeah. And we know that um, quite clearly from college football to college, or, you know, to yeah. pro football in terms of the same region and whatnot. You look at the Southeast. And their uh, association with college football is so much stronger than it is with any of the NFL teams. Uh, and I think you're always going to have that, even though the the South, you know, loves football. Yeah. Uh, as well as all of America does. Um, out here on the West Coast, besides USC, for the most part, uh, we're not as crazy about college football. But right. we love the pros. Yeah. So... I, I think there are some differences, but I agree with you as a whole. I think that the college women's game for certain regions and certain schools that are iconic right. has been extremely popular. And I think it's been a very positive thing. And I think it transcends um, star players, which is nice to see. So even if your star player, you know, four years later, whatever, graduates and moves on or whatever, you still have a love for that team and that school um, that goes beyond that yeah. star. Whereas for, I don't know, you know, for the WNBA, I don't know if that's the case. When it comes to, I mean, I remember Lisa Leslie playing, yeah, uh, uh, and and Lobo. Yeah, um, it's it's sort of interesting because obviously um, UConn's a pipeline for putting out these stars, mm-hmm. like even Diana Taurasi. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's like after putting, and last I knew, she played for like the Phoenix sort of team. So it's okay. like, what connection does really? that whole Phoenix, Arizona really have or even care about women's basketball. That doesn't seem like a popular sort of region. I mean, at first it seemed like they were just sort of 
picking and choosing popular cities and being like, hey, Chicago, yeah. you're going to have a women's team. They hey, New York, you're going to have, yeah, Sacramento and everything, uh, D.C. Um, but at least to my knowledge, it seems like the Connecticut one's really popular. The Seattle one, from my knowledge, is, is popular as well. Seattle has, a, uh, I believe it's the Seattle Storm. Okay. Um, so it's being, it would be really interesting to see and uh, something we should probably uh, keep a, a little good eye on to see, I guess, how they're doing financially in terms of their attendance and everything. Um, I've been seeing a lot of comments shade because uh, they've had some. They've been doing their own little protests with some of the, the women basketball yes. teams. Yes, um, I so I commend them, especially given their much lower salary. Yes, and much much less visibility mm-hmm. for using their uh, you know constitutional yeah. right to protest as well. Yeah, as black uh, female athletes as long as as well as uh, white ones as yep. well that are uh, taking uh, taking a knee for uh, for their perceived injustice and everything that they're they're feeling and I, I think it's a really awesome thing that they're not uh, so overly worried about losing their their job and everything that they chose this to uh, to back and, and sort of stand for and everything. Um, so like I said, it'll be interesting to see how everything plays out with it, and um, we just have to, I guess, keep an eye on it. I mean, it's hey, twenty years later, man, twenty been plus. able to sort of keep their head above water. I guess you can yeah. say for twenty years, how well they're doing is mm. yeah. I, I'm suspicious of, of of its impact. Something after twenty years, it hasn't made you know right. many strides. I mean, as much as I give shit to fucking a major league soccer in this country, if you look at since the mid '90s. They actually have gained, you know, yeah, in a, in a marginal way, they've gained some popularity. You know, people still don't like the shitty ass sport, but yeah. it, it it's gained. I yeah. don't know about the WNBA, but we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't we switch gears a little bit? How much pressure is on Luke Walton? Um, well, it's it. I think um, this year, I don't really give him too much pressure. He's got a bunch of young heads. Yep, and everything. So I'm not going to be. Uh, banging the drum for Walt needs to go or anything this year. So no expectations. I don't have any expectations. I mean, they were. it was the Kobe show last year. It was essentially the Kobe farewell tour and everything. You had D'Angelo... Do it, I'm got my eye more on D'Angelo more so than Walton. D'Angelo needs to show me something consistently this year. Uh, last year it was just him and Byron Scott going back and forth. Oh, he needs to... He needs to show respect. He needs to play defense. He needs to earn spot and everything. So, I'm gonna see if it if the coach was really if Byron Scott really had something legitimate about his gripes with D'Angelo, or if uh, D'Angelo was just being held back by an old salty uh, old school head coach. Let me be real clear on this with the Lake Show. Uh, they had the gravy train of Kobe being there for 20 years, and that was putting butts in seats regardless of what happened, especially that final season. Mm -hmm. This is where the rubber hits the road. There's no marquee talent, you know, Hall of Famer that's on your team whatsoever. You put up stinker after stinker in L.A. without, you know, having some Hall of Famer legend that they could see for one last time. And we get to about the All-Star break, and you're literally embarrassing, you know, yourself in terms of getting blown out, and are last in the conference, there's going to be, there there will be, even in his first year, some folks getting extremely impatient and talking about, is Walton right for LA? I don't, I don't know about that, because we mean, 
they had um, the Antonio doing his thing, and he is a big name coach. He was under extreme pressure as soon as they stopped performing. Oh yeah, but and he had an all star sort of roster on his on his squad. Walton doesn't have even an all star. There's nobody making an all star game or as a reserve, let alone a starter. On that roster at all. You don't think there's pressure from up above with mm-hmm. Walton if now I'm not saying I'm not saying they're, you know, flirting with five hundred or just no. a few games. I'm talking about it. But from who? The guy that made that put the shitty people on the team? Yeah. It can't be pressure on him. You built you gave me these shitty parts. What do you want me to do with them? Mm. I mean we'll see. If D'Angelo ain't doing shit, then whose fault is that? That's that's the GM's fault. So you're telling me there's no and, not not he's got two years before I want to see some. This year's a wash. Not just you, but you're telling me Laker Nation is going to be patient if they are at the bottom of the conference. Yeah, late late in the season. If they and not competing at all. There's no reason for any Laker fan to expect them not to be in last place or second to last place with okay. Sacramento. Well. Sacramento's got if they, issues. If they, got, if they have Boogie, Sacramento, Sacramento could win 25 games. If Boogie wants to play with whoever's coaching Boogie. That's, truth. That's the, that that's, triple truth. Yeah, that's that's the thing with Sacramento. But um, Jordan Clarkston's got potential to be a, a serviceable, decent player. Other than that, it's it's sort of scratch ahead. We'll see how these these players turn out. I mean, it's a young, young, young team. And everything we've been seeing Philadelphia spin its wheels for the past nine years. It oh, feels I know like. you're not comparing LA to Philadelphia. Well, I, I'm just saying, I'm get three years. I, I this is a three year process for me. I, All right, this year means nothing to me as long as we get out of double digit wins uh, and we play competitive and everything. That's the thing. That's what I'm worried. That's what I'm exactly what I'm talking about. I want to I want to see them be competitive. If they're getting blasted. By thirty every night, and they look like they don't even care about playing. They're laughing and hee hawing on the sideline while they're getting whipped. Then I got a problem with that. So I'm more concerned to see how Luke handles this team, to see uh, what his sort of uh, personality is as a head coach. With Golden State, it seemed like he was just holding the wheel till the captain came back from the bathroom and everything. He yep. was. He had the easiest job in the world as far as I was was concerned and everything. He actually made basketball coaching look super easy and and did a disservice to like the profession (laughs) of basketball coaching because I was like, huh, all right, you you went in 23 straight games and whatnot. Okay. Exactly. So it'll be interesting to see how, because I mean, he sort of appears to come off as a player's coach. However, this is a, and Luke's a young, young guy. Yep. None of these people that are in the league played with him or on this team, as as far as I can remember, played with him except uh, Meta and everything. But Meta is a shell of himself, anyway. Yeah, but I I guarantee you they grew up watching him. Oh yeah, but it, it's different when let's say uh, it's a uh, like a Kevin McHale when Kevin McHale's coaching yeah, yeah, somebody yeah, and Kevin yeah. he's a Hall of Famer and did this etc. Luke was the sixth to eighth guy on the bench or whatever he. Come in, do his little thing, and people remember him. But it's just like, come on, man! All right, who, who are you yelling at me? At least this is might be the personality of these, this young millennial group of people and everything. Okay. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I'm 
Like I said, I'm more concerned to see how the team reacts and handles adversity and competing every night more so than the win total, at least this year. All right. We shall see about your Lake Show. Let's uh, stay with the big market and go to New York. Um, they got D. Rose from Chicago, former MVP. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose is facing his own drama right now. Yes. Um, for those of you who don't know, there has been... Is it? Is it? What is the the accusation? I guess it's sexual battery. Um, in L.A. though, right? Oh man, okay. I was I was too busy reading the details to actually remember where exactly the crime occurred at. I could have sworn it was in California. It could have been in California, but supposedly, um, to sort of summarize, there was a female who had I guess been drinking or something. Her claim, and we'll put it at that, is she, what she is claiming is that uh, Rose, I guess, broke into our house, came into our house, and sexually assaulted her with his friends and everything. Yeah. Um, Rose obviously denies the claim, um, and that's where we go with the back and forth. Supposedly, Rose has, uh, I don't know, because he has not been charged nope. and everything. Um, so there's no really official crime according to the police department yet. I guess they're either looking into the matter or it's sort of still just a plain old accusation. Um, Rose has been reached out, I guess, reached out to some of this chick's friends, which they have evidence showing that she, uh, was all happy about her sexual experience with Rose the pre- the following day, all happy and smiling and didn't appear to act like somebody who had a traumatic sexual assault battery type experience the following day. So there appears to be some sort of back and forth between the two. Her lawyers uh, and her want to do a out-of-court settlement somewhere along the lines of 20-something million (laughs) dollars. Rose is telling her to go pound salt. Yeah. And uh, that seems to be the, the summary with that aspect of it. Off the court for the look, look at you with the uh, very corporate summary. <laughs> I'm gonna call it like it is, man. Uh, I don't trust this <laughs> chick at all. I think this would be a story with incredible legs to it if it was uh, at all true. Correct. I think if you take a former MVP who played in the big city of Chicago and now is playing for the New York Knicks. And this was an actual, like, real deal case and charges that were going to be filed and with him. And this was all legitimate. And how could he do this? This would be the cover of every sports and just USA Today newspaper and everything on ESPN for months. You know, it, right. it would be headline news. The reason why you are not hearing all that much about it is I think that there's not a whole lot of merit or weight to what this chick is saying. Exactly. I agree totally. It seems like BS um, and I'm not, I normally try to stay out the out of just calling accusers full of shit but there's a lot of red flags and questionable statements and behavior. That's, and, and that's why and, I'm saying seems. Yeah. I was not there. Right. If he did do this, I'll be the first to condemn him. I say, you know, throw him in jail, blah, 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 blah. However, if she is being untruthful, mm-hmm. which I highly suspect just given the media's level, lack of attention to something as high profile as this. Yeah. 
I would say uh, she needs to be dragged just as hard as anybody else on the yeah. internet. Uh, this goes into our sort of beliefs on uh, false accusations and everything where we sort of stand on the same page. Um, even though it's really more, it goes in deeper than the actual sports topic in terms of people being falsely accused of uh, heinous crimes and everything. Yep. And I always make sure I put the um, the difference and publicly state the difference in my judgment of uh, falsely accusing someone and not being able to substantiate someone's claims. There's a difference if I say, well, it's hard for me, but if a female says, yeah, uh, this happened, this was a sexual assault, blah, 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 and it becomes a he said, she said, uh, I was willing, I kind of said no, whatever, I'm not going to go, I, I don't want her to be dragged to the coals and everything like that because okay. it, it happened and everything, it might, I mean, there's, like people say, there's a, your side, his side, and the truth and everything, so there's, there could be a, a shade, a, area of gray, I don't, I, I understand that okay. and everything, and I don't, I don't want to beat up victims uh, accusing people that there's just not enough evidence to prove it. That is different than when a female falsely, purposely, with intent, uh, files a charge against somebody, knowing that there was no sexual assault, knowing that it was consensual and everything. If you can prove that there was that intent and malice to purposely try to obtain something by by making these accusations, hang that bitch out to dry. <laughs> <laughs> and I always like to make sure people understand, like just because you accuse somebody of rape. And uh, it just there's not enough evidence. Whether it be uh, we can't tell if these uh, this vaginal uh, tears were matched with a with a rape or something like. Obviously, sure. there, there was a sexual encounter. We don't know if it was consensual or not. I don't want to blame the the woman on that at all because we Fair don't enough. know. She says it did. It didn't happen like that. He says it did. There's still discrepancy, but it's it's different. Like in this case, how I'm hearing where the female is joking and laughing about it and having conversations with her friends about how, oh yeah, I'm going to get this money, et cetera, et cetera. That's, that's a, it's really shameful. And it also hurts and puts harm on people that really are victims of sexual assault and rape. I'm with, I'm with you a hundred percent on all of that. The only caveat I would add is even in the circumstances where they can't Prove something and it's a he say she say thing and it could really go either way what pains me uh, along with uh, the victim's traumatic you know physical pain and whatnot and uh, um, and what she endured I also think we have to really evaluate how we approach that man's reputation if you can't prove that he did do if he's not convicted where it's proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that he did such and such activity you know that was a violent sexual crime um i have a really hard time with a whole especially high profile cases a whole lot of attention uh being aimed at him as if he is guilty mm -hmm. of it and that's how that attention goes when you start talking about sexual assault yes that really can't you can't do anything to scrub that away from your name. No, especially and high profile. In cases. many ways, it's worse to be have that uh, have a sexual assault charge hanging over your head, impending than it is like a murder and everything. That's exactly right. P uh, I mean, obviously in America, it's 
innocent until proven guilty. Should be. Um, unfortunately, and uh, it's it's sort of weird on a like a socio sociological aspect of it. People don't really care about innocent until proven guilty if it's involving anything sexual in nature. Yeah. Even uh. Even if you're talking, uh, let's go deep into the dark. Let's say even with child molestation yep. or whatever. Child molesters still technically have the same rights as every American sure. citizen pending being found guilty of something. Mm-hmm. You, you, I, I get accused of touching some some girl or boy. I'm still supposed to be perceived as innocent until proven guilty. We know that ain't true, though. That's Especially not with anything sexual in nature. Yeah. It's just because it's such a... A sort of sort of graphic, heinous type crime, even more so than murder. Just how, how oh we, yeah, the stigma, the stigma, how we perceive it is just like do it's like hang them, hang them, lynch them, get rid of them, burn them at the at the stake right now, immediately. And even though I have very little respect for journalism whatsoever, and I think they have little respect for themselves, what I would like to see as a viable solution. This is just off the top of my head. Perhaps until things have the trial has been settled. You keep both John Doe and Jane Doe anonymous from media scrutiny. It would, idealistically, that would be good, but realistically, well, uh, I know I know you don't think it's it's feasible from you know a realistic standpoint. But remember, for the most part, in even high profile cases where there have been truly proven false allegations. Most of the time, it's still a Jane Doe victim. Well, yeah, victims, and you, and you don't know who that is. You could do, you could very well do the same thing on the, you know, the the one who's being accused right. side. It's um, with with especially with sexual assault type crimes, anything involving um the victim, they're normally kept as Jane Doe and everything. Just and that's why I'm fa- in yeah, favor because it's obviously it's a, it's a very personal crime. I mean, with murder, the person's gone, they're dead or whatever. Not to say fuck their feelings. Or whatever, but they're, it's, it's not as personal and it's not as I guess traumatic after the crime as it is what a I sexual. Get you. Yeah, and obviously, I mean, uh, speaking. I mean, we're both obviously male, so it's it's we're sort of talking in an area where we can't speak on fully in terms of uh, being a victim of a sexual assault. So, well, I, but I'm not changing anything for the victim. I, I'm not. Right. I'm actually saying the one who's being accused also has their identity protected until the case, ju- just like, right. you know, the one who's who's doing the accusation, until the case has been, come to its conclusion, whichever way. Yeah, it's it's interesting why it's not like that. Because um, I don't, I can't even give her a real answer. No, obviously, maybe something to chew on. Yeah, that's, that's, that's off the top of my head. I have to do some research. Um, for those that don't know, I uh, majored in criminal justice, so I'm, I'm pretty fluent on criminal sort of matters but it's a good question on why specifically there's not the um i guess acu- uh ac- accuser not accuser the ac- accusee mm. uh rights and um re- rights to remain sort of anonymous and 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 anonymity and i don't want to protect the guilty i i want to make that very very clear i just truly hate someone's reputation being ruined for no no good reason and when you talk about any type of sexual crime male or female because there are 
Yeah. Nobody wants to admit this, but there are female predators too, and you you've all heard about them, especially with the teach. We're getting way off basis, yeah, yeah. but especially with the teachers who you know have done things right. to you know male students and whatnot. All I'm saying at the end of the day is, perhaps we should look into even on high profile cases like this one to bring it back to basketball with Derrick Rose, where we don't hear that Derrick Rose is being potentially accused. We just know there's a John Doe and a Jane Doe yeah. and an accusation. And a lot of times it's it's not like reporters are camped out in front of the police department 24-7. So a lot of times it's the news reporters that are getting tip, tipped off that, hey, uh, we brought in this athlete for uh, overnight and everything, and they released a booking photo and yep. everything. So it could be on the criminal justice system on that individual police department's whether it be their policies on just generalizing, generally releasing everyone who's been arrested's photo at the end of the night, or if they're actually calling media and saying, hey, uh, we arrested this person today, just to give you guys a heads up if you guys want to whatever get over here and, and sort of brag and say, look at what we did, sort of thing, which is problematic in itself. That is a problem, yes. man. And I'll say this, you know, with the media, if it was illegal to release it just like it is for the victims, which I agree with, I agree with keeping it as that mm-hmm. Jane Doe or whatever, then, you know, there would be potential charges against a media conglomerate that said, oh, it is Derek Rose, or oh, it is, you know, yeah, Barry it's, Bonds. It's sort of like pub- general public information, uh, but it's something that I would have to look into, and uh, it, yeah, definitely, I mean, it deserves us asking more questions about. There we go. Good, yeah. <laughs> good segue out of that one. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Knicks uh, are going to be a mess. I, I f- feel that they... Uh, Especially with the chemistry between old ass, sorry ass, mellow, and uh, broken down D Rose, whether he's you know going to the court cases or not. Yeah. Um, Don't they have another person I'm missing? They they do. Uh, they have the, that white boy rookie. Yeah, I, was, I thought it was a third one that they had besides the Porzingis and everything. I actually liked him. He, he was he was sort of fun to he watch. Bald. He yeah, bald. He bald. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Uh, they had kids crying when he was getting drafted and everything. Now yeah. His jersey and stuff. So. Um, big media spotlight. I'm positive that the NBA would love nothing more than for viable uh, basketball to be viable in New York oh, of course, again. Yeah, it's uh, kind of funny because uh, Boston seems to be back on the rise, and Boston was on top. Then they had it down. Now it seems like they're back on the rise again. All while New York spinning their tires in the mud. Hey, I would love for the Knicks to be viable. I'd like for Brooklyn to be something. I'd like to see a for both of them to be good at the same time and have that kind of in city mm-hmm. rivalry. Oh, yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. You know, because um, you, you never really saw that in L.A. with, yeah. you know, Clippers and Lakers being good at the same time. No, really, no. It sort of just kind of missed yeah. each other. I mean, anything. shit, even Sacramento and, and uh, the Warriors being good yeah. at the same time would be would be fun. I mean, yeah. the proximity makes it interesting. Yeah, it makes it a good rivalry. Um, and then, of course, you even have Philly not that far away. You yeah. know, it'd be interesting to have, you know, those three or four teams playing up against each other, playing good ball late in the season or even mm-hmm. playoff ball. Um and the East Coast to have something to be excited about. Yeah, I agree. Besides another LeBron. Besides Cleveland. So, uh, we shall see. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention, with the exception of Cleveland, what small market team do you think is actually viable this Ooh, season? That's interesting. Yeah. Um, I sort of personally root for Milwaukee, just because oh. I was a, a big Jason Kidd fan growing up. Um, there, one of their people got hurt. I forget, but he, uh... Parker. 
Well, it was just like a couple days ago. Yeah, it was a hamstring or something. Uh, I can't think of who it was. They signed the, the guy with the long last name. He got a big contract. Oh, yeah, he, yeah. He, the guy, I think it's Greek or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Greek freak. Yeah, um, but one of their guys like tore a hamstring or something like that, which kind of sucked. Um, but I would really like Milwaukee to uh, make some noise. They'd be a fun team to watch. Uh, small market wise, uh, I'm trying to think. Well, I'll just give you some names and you can, or names of some teams. Utah, which ain't, sh- uh, they were on the bubble late in the season yeah, last Utah, year. Oh, Portland. Portland is who, are we still considering Portland small market? Portland's a small market. Okay, good. I, I would like to see Portland. Uh, Portland was supposed to take a massive, massive hit with um, uh, San Antonio guy, big guy. Uh, Aldridge. Yeah. With Aldridge leaving. Um, and they played the Warriors tough. They played, they played very hard. really tough. I love uh, watching uh, Damian Lillard play. Tough He's kid. fun. Um, so I, I would I really like Portland to uh, to do some things. Um, I don't really care anymore about OKC yeah. at this point. Yeah. Uh, I would like to kind of fallen off the Wes, the Russell Westbrook sort of fan club and everything. Yeah, we'll see what I happens think, during I, the season. He might win you back. He wants, he wants to be a big dog. This will be his chance to see uh, how he how he handles being big dog or if it's, he's going to be like a James Harden thing and he's just going to be him doing everything and uh, just collecting L's and stuff while putting up crazy points. Yeah, you also got uh, small markets like Orlando, which just doesn't Orlando, seem to Orlando, yeah. Um, it'd be interesting to see what year two going on in New Orleans, if Anthony Davis can stay healthy. Um, Good question. Pressure's on, I think pressure's on him. Um, everyone's talking about Anthony Davis being the next big thing. He's young. He's a freak. He's talented. He can just never stay healthy. Yeah. Um, but he should be dominating, and it, New Orleans should be able to put stuff around him. They ought to be. Um, I didn't think they were going to be able to re-sign him to that, that monster contract that they, they did, but uh, he signed with them. They have him there for... I can't remember the ex- exact deal, but it's like seven, eight years. Hey, that's good. So, I mean, they... Two years ago, they were in the playoffs. They yeah. were eighth seed, but they were in the playoffs. Yeah, so, so they need to take steps forward. And, uh, I mean, they got the old Warriors coach that uh, was, oh, was yeah. there. Um, Gentry. Yeah, so, I mean, they need to make a step forward. And uh, see. And as long as they stay, they stay healthy, they ought to make some, some noise. It's not a small market, but I will say this. Uh, with Chicago getting uh, D. Wade... Um, obviously yeah, he's on, he's at the twilight of his career, but he's a South side kid. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a touching story. I'm going to be paying attention to what he does both on and off the court yeah. in the city of Chicago. Um, I'm hoping that he can bring some really positive change to a, a very troubled city yeah. in a lot of ways. Um, but I'm also hoping that he can have some, you know, late in his career success yeah. in Chicago uh, for the home crowd. I'm hoping that they can... Put together a 50-win season. Um, you know, beyond that, uh, it, there's no chance of them beating Cleveland or anything like that. Yeah. But I, I want them to get 48, 50 wins. It'd be nice to see. It would, it would be really cool to see. Even um, it'd be cool to see Minnesota uh, get stuff going with their young guys um, and everything. With Garnett being sort of gone. I mean, even though this last year Garnett wasn't really doing too much in in terms of like uh, leaving a big imprint on the stat sheet and everything. Yeah. Be nice to see how those young guys up north uh, handle it. Yep. All right. Any uh, any uh, last uh, comments on here? Uh, I can't think of anything. I'm trying to think I got anything going on. I do look forward to uh, attending a Warrior game this year. Hopefully, uh, I'd probably be able to go to a Laker Warrior game Ooh, or yeah. whatever. Price shouldn't be too bad on that. Um, I mean, those tickets are going to be off the chain, I'm sure. Yep. Uh, for all the games. Um, 
then for football wise, I plan on going to the the Cardinals game on Thursday, next Thursday. Okay. And everything. At Levi. Um, yeah, so that'll be a fun experience. Other than that, uh, you've never gone to a Raider game, huh? No, I do want to. I do want to go to a Raider game. So I need to figure out a, a week where the Raiders are, are playing, where I can do that, or even even if they're playing on Thursdays, I can do Thursdays real well or whatever. Or it is fun as fuck, man. I mean, yeah. just from a pure football tailgating. Mad, Mad oh, yeah. Max madness kind of standpoint it is fucking <laughs> nice. fun, and then even our uh, our little podcast fantasy football team we're three and zero. There we go. That's because of you. Yeah, it, it's uh, always fun and everything. So we'll, I'll keep people updated on that. And got some bye weeks going on with uh, with Aaron Rodgers and stuff on our team, but just keep on checking out those wins. Good shit. Well, thank y'all. Uh, you can always hit us up. Uh, we're just going to use the Be Them BTI Twitter. So at Be Them BTI Twitter. Uh, or at Cthulhu's Prodigy, C-T-H-U-L-H-U-P-R-O-D-I-G-Y. And it's, uh, hey, it's Stitch, H-E-Y-I-T-S-S-T-I-T-C-H. Yep, so any uh, hoops or uh, even uh, NFL questions, hit us up and uh, we will certainly respond. Thank y'all. Yes, we out. Peace.